Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Last episode, we explored ways we can calibrate your creative purpose. And we gave you four steps to take away. And if you began your creative calibration, we would love to hear about it. Email us at QWERTYWritingLife at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. QWERTY is spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Yes, the first so, six letters of the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. We did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so we've got another exciting topic and we're eager to share with you today. But first, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? Well, I just got back from New York City. <laughs> so I, you're going to have to just check in on my social media and if you are subscribed to my newsletter, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of pictures and stuff. So keep an eye out for those things. But the creative aspect of it, the first creative aspect of the trip was creative packing. So we went, we did this trip. It was a girl's trip with my mother-in-law and my sister and my daughter for her 16th birthday. And so a 16-year-old girl going to New York City for the first time definitely requires some creativity in packing. Because, you know, they don't, most of the airlines don't do the free bags anymore. So you got to pay for every bag. So you're only going to mm-hmm. go with one, right? <laughs> That's right. And you don't know if it's going to be sunny or rainy or, exactly. you know, so you have to have all of your choices. Exactly, exactly. And you got to mm-hmm. have dressy and you have to have casual and you have to have all the things. And so, mm-hmm. yes, that would be my top creative thing for the past week. <laughs> so what about well, you, May? <laughs> well, uh, my son is in another season of um, learning piano. So okay. he's, this is his third, I guess they would say session. So you have like a summer session, a fall session, a spring session, that kind of thing. So, um, so he is in the midst of that and they have a showcase at the end of the sessions, which is really cool because it is really like a concert kind of a thing. Um, like it's, it's not an, imagine an open mic, but without like the openness of it. Like every person who has, who comes to present has prepared, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess that can happen at open mics too, but, um, that's my, it's just, you know, visualize this. (laughs) So, um, so he has done two of these so far. And this time he's picked the song uh, Piano Man by Billy Joel. So I am learning Piano Man along with my son, which is kind of cool. Like I, I, I like, <laughs> I like to do things with him and, uh, and he learns really quickly, far faster than me. So that's always interesting too, because he then has to teach me how to do the things. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that helps him learn it even better. I think so. I think so. I think sometimes it gets a little te- it gets a little tedious for him because uh, because he has to kind of do it twice. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I think it kind of sets it into his long term memory. It gives us some bonding things, even if he's exasperated. It's kind of fun to see, <laughs> to see how he handles stress and maybe how I can help him in certain areas. 
you know, with some coping skills, some adult coping skills or something like that. Um, but ultimately, even if he is frustrated, we end up finding a joke or a laugh or something that we can we can bond over. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's 10 and he won't love me forever. Well, I mean, he'll love me forever, but like he won't appreciate or enjoy being with me. I know that there's uh, forever. <laughs> so I'm accepting this and, um, and enjoying these times together. So I know that he'll come back around. I just really dread the teenage times where he's like, doesn't want to be with me. And that's okay. (laughs) We all have those things. (laughs) Well, to give you hope, to give you hope, it's not all bad. And they actually do still want to be around you. So most of the time. Thank you. Thank you. It's like one of the greatest joys in my life right now is uh, hanging out with my, my kiddos. And uh, individually or or together. And so um, I, that's good to hear. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be another mm-hmm. beautiful season with them. I, I call it now. <laughs> uh-huh. Thanks. And I claim it. Yes. So there we are. <laughs> so what we want to talk about today is where is your place in the creative world? And one of the goals of childhood, for good or for bad, is to fit in. As we were kind of talking about this a moment ago, it's funny how our creative weeks sometimes line up with the things that that we talk about uh, in our episodes. But um, as we age and as we mature, our understanding of the desire to fit in also matures in the search for our, our tribe or our people. So the people who inspire us and support us, who we want to do life beside, you know? So. Uh, and as creatives, this search for our tribe takes an extra importance because we're also seeking people who share our creative passion. Yeah. So today we want to help you answer that million dollar question, where is my place in the creative world? And as we talked through this topic, we realized that it's a three-tiered answer and it focuses on, surprise, surprise, people. <laughs> we're going to begin where many great QWERTY chats have begun introspection. Answering this life question begins within ourselves. From there, we'll move outward, first to the creative community, and second to the creative audience. But let's dive into the introspection part. We can't answer where we belong without knowing who we are at our core. Some of our answers already rest just beneath the surface, so to speak, and a few leading questions will help pull them right on out. Others will require more reflection and probing questions and a willingness to be honest with ourselves. Still others, though, have to be learned by doing. So we've got for you guys today six questions to kind of get you started. These are questions that you will likely answer deeper over time. Um, You may also find your answers change a bit as you mature as a creative. These questions drive your creative purpose, which we talked about in the last episode. Like your creative purpose, your answers here should also be calibrated from time to time. So come back and check on them, see how they're doing, do they still hold up? All right, question number one is a big one. And just so you know, it's not one that you're going to answer in a few minutes. It's also one that will drive everything that we discuss from here on. So question number one, What are your fundamental standards? What is your code of conduct or the set of standards that guide what and how you create? So you might have heard fundamental standards from our mouths before. You'll hear it again, just letting you know. 
this is a huge question to drop on you here today, but we have an entire episode dedicated to discussing what fundamental standards are, how to develop them, and what they practically look like in the day-to-day life of a creative. So check out the QWERTY Writing Life podcast. It's on season three, episode 17. It's called Fundamental Standards for Creatives, and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. So to get you started in this episode, though, here is our QWERTY definition for fundamental standards. And a QWERTY definition is a definition that Joy and I agree on (laughs) so that we have a good foundation in our conversations and what we're talking about. So for fundamental standards, here's what we got. Fundamental standards are an author influencer's core worldviews, convictions, and faith by which he makes daily professional decisions. Very good. So that'll get you guys started with that at least. And definitely check out that episode. And then question number two is actually one of our favorites. (laughs) Number two is why do you have to create? Now notice how we worded that question. Why do you have to create? Okay, emphasis on the have to. (laughs) May and I and many other creatives that we've talked to on this journey have similar beginnings to our creative journeys. We all reached a point where we literally couldn't not pursue our creative endeavors. We craved it, longed to sink our hands in and let the creative juices drip right off. It's the same mentality that keeps us going on the tough days when the words don't come smoothly, and through the dry seasons where the day jobs keep us shackled from the creating that we want to do. (laughs) Yeah, and if you listen to the last episode, this is that reason why we mentioned. So Joy shared hers with us, and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. The third question is one that will likely change a good deal over time, and that question is, what do you want to create. This could take several forms. Uh, it can be a detailed list with specific projects you already know you want to create. It can be more of a blanket statement too, like I want to write historical fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can uh, you can want to work in multiple mediums or across several different genres, but now's a good place to kind of write down or identify the things that you want to do. So as you start to create things, you begin to get a feel for who you are as a creative, how you express yourself, and what common themes shine through in your work. Um, I shared in the last episode how identifying my belief statements, what Dan Blank in his fantastic book, Be the Gateway, calls things that resonate in your creative work. Um, That enabled me to fine-tune my reason why and communicate to others what themes they'll find across my writings. And some of those themes that I came up with as I really thought about this in this way was legacy, hope, faith, identity, and sacrifice. These are themes Mm -hmm. that seem to continue and keep popping up. Right. And as your critique partner, and I've read pretty much everything that you've written, I would think, um, I can definitely say that I have read all of those themes consistently in your pieces. So well done. Well, thank you. And I will just throw in here, and this is actually going to come back in when we talk about our creative community, like having Mm -hmm. a critique partner helps you identify these things as well, because it's through her notes and her, you know, our conversations and stuff like that, that 
kind of opens my eyes to some of these things that sometimes you don't always see, or at least I don't. I kind of struggle to see those those themes and those things that keep popping up. But absolutely, I think that that's good totally that. natural as well, yeah. because um, we're so close to what we do and who we are that we don't normally see our own characteristics. Mm-hmm. So absolutely ask your friends, your creative friends, your critique partners, um, anybody who knows you on this creative medium level, they are probably going to be able to help you identify what themes, what, you know, what are your strengths, what are your challenges, those types of things as well, because we are really, really close to it all. Like Joy said, these are things that will evolve as you explore and as you grow as a creative. So question four, this one leads us out from ourselves and to where we're going. So that question is, what are your goals for what you want to create or what you're currently creating? Not all creatives desire to share their art with others, but even then they have goals for their art though. Mm -hmm. Uh, It may be to learn something about themselves through the process or to create as an act of worship. Others create with the goal of sharing their art and some simply just for the joy of it. And others want a creative business. They have that mindset. Yeah. And there are no right or wrong answers to any of these questions, and especially this one. What is required, though, is that your answers um, are candid. Be honest Mm -hmm. with yourself about what you want, about what aligns with your fundamental standards, and about who you are and want to be as a creative. Question number five, pull some of those themes we discussed a few moments ago together with your goals. Number five is, what do you want to make people feel? And I think that this is a question that often gets overlooked, but it's powerful. As artists, we evoke emotions more strongly than many other professions. Art is the catalyst for tears, love, epiphanies, even revolutions. Read history. (laughs) Art is powerful, and that's a fact and a responsibility that we shouldn't take lightly. That is so true. Mm -hmm. Uh, Question six asks you to be a visionary for a moment and asks a few questions together. So envision yourself as a successful artist. Who's around you? Where are you? How are you holding that success? Are you headlining conferences as a keynote speaker or touring bookstores or libraries across the country or traveling while you create? That could be a good question, too. Mm -hmm. This question was inspired by a challenge from Maggie Seawater in her amazing writing course, uh, Writing with Maggie Maggie Seawater. Well, that's a... (laughs) (laughs) The name is spot on. (laughs) She got right to the point with it, man. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what we need. So, yeah, go check that out. Uh, so Joy and I believe that this is one writing course that every writer should do. And we'll link that in their notes as well. Um, in the course, Maggie challenges writers to envision their completed book. Mm-hmm. Our question here is a bit similar with a little twist. So we want you to close your eyes and imagine yourself beyond the hard work and the blood and the sweat and the tears <laughs> to, uh, to whatever success looks like for you. Yeah, and we do love Maggie. Y'all, if you have (laughs) followed us for a while, you know that. (laughs) But I think that that last question is such a great one. Sometimes we don't want to think about success in such an intentional way. Maybe we're afraid of being seen as cocky, or we don't want to count our chickens before they hatch, right? (laughs) But whatever our reasons not to, we really should set those 
reasons aside and remember that we took time to answer the first five questions about who we are and who we want to be as artists, why and what we create, what our goals are for our art, and how we hope it impacts others. So why wouldn't we think ahead to what the end goal looks like? Envisioning that result may change as we grow as creatives, and honestly, it probably will. But answering these questions at each stage keeps us going and keeps us firmly on the right track to get there. Yeah. And once we do the hard work of introspection to answer our first set of six questions, it's time to look outward, which is fun too. So first, uh, who do you want to take this creative journey with? I choose Joy. Yes, Um, I choose you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, like your family and your friends will be a massive part of your journey, but we're also going to focus today on fellow creatives, uh, as we do. So (laughs) uh, we've got five questions to help you identify the right ones, and then we'll share some practical ways to find your creative tribe. So question one, who do you want to support? This may seem like an odd question, but beginning this soul searching with a foundational understanding that being part of a creative community requires at least as much give as take uh, will set you up for a long term success. Yeah. And again, this answer might change over time. So for Mm -hmm. me, for example, I've honed in over the years on the authors I will and won't promote on social media and in my newsletters and who I'll include as featured authors during my summer reading challenge and in my Authors of the Roundtable events. My answer to that question ties closely with my answer to the second question, which is, what do you want to promote? So most of the authors I share are indies, so not all of them are. Most of them are women. Now that's just a result of the fact that I keep my close writer friends to only women, which is one of my fundamental standards deals. So that's a whole other thing. But all of the authors that I promote write clean books. Some of the authors might have books on the other side of that, but I only promote the clean books and let my followers know that that particular author has other books as well. And all of them write dang good stories. Okay, that's just a thing, right? I also don't stick to one genre, so that varies from fantasy to sci-fi, historical to contemporary, women's fiction to Christian fiction, and a lot more. I do have a few genres that I won't promote because, once again, they go against my fundamental standards, and a few others I just haven't ventured into because my audience wouldn't care for them. Beyond refraining from sharing content that goes against my beliefs, I'm also not going to share things my followers care nothing about. That just doesn't make sense. No, it's a good business decision, too. So um, if you know who your audience is, you know what they're going to enjoy, and then keeping your your um, your audience in, engaged in things that are close to what you write and to what they are interested in, is this just kind of makes good business sense, too. So Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, the next two questions tie closely together as well. So we're going to present them together, too. So question number three is, what support? Would you like? Question four has two parts. The first part is, how can you help fellow creatives? And the second part is, how are you willing to do this? So they kind of go together. These questions lead to further questions. (laughs) (laughs) Things like, uh, do you want an accountability buddy? Do you just want to have some fun? 
Do you need extra encouragement? Do you need someone who is more advanced and can be a mentor to you? Or do you need all of the above? <laughs> so as you answer those questions, you should also be considering what you bring to the table. Every good relationship requires give and take. What support can you give to a, uh, to a fellow creative? And take into consideration as well the time you have to give. Yeah. So for authors, we may have critique partners, accountability groups, writing sprint buddies, and news sharing buddies. <laughs> Each of these <laughs> requires a different level of time commitment. Critique partners require the most, of course. And if you want to know more about the magical CP relationship, check out our book. Finders Keepers, a practical approach to find and keep your writing critique partner. We'll link to that in the show notes for you. The important thing here is candor and being honest with yourself. And that flows well into our final question for finding your creative tribe. And that is, what safeguards can you put in place to make sure that you engage wisely in ways that are best for you and for them? That's a great question. And, you know, being honest first with yourself and then with fellow creatives about the time you have to devote to them is a vital early step in long-term successful creative partnerships. So I learned a lesson in this the hard way, but thankfully I learned it early on in my journey. Um, and I don't leap to commitments with other creatives anymore. I take the time to get to know the person first. Plus, I've worked very hard to grow my base of followers, and I value them and their trust too much to compromise them. So I'm not going to promote a book by an author I haven't read or haven't had recommended to me by someone I trust deeply. You know, one of those two things has to have happened. And at this point, I have authors or publishing companies that I can confidently recommend before I've read a specific book, but that took time and an investment of discerning reading before I got to that point. So, um, you know, we get very excited and we meet people and we're like, I want to do all the things with you. And then we might end up regretting it. So just take your time is my point. Right, right. <laughs> I know. I have a small story about that, too. Mm -hmm. um, I was offered a book by an author, like a like a tangible book, and she made it to me and would love a review and that sort of thing. And so I got the book. I did, a, I did some social posts. Like, I was very excited about this book. And then I read the book, and I was not excited about it anymore. And so I felt really bad because, like, my review would not have been a super positive review. Um, if I were to have given it, so I didn't give it. Um, so I just kind of felt like it was that was probably the right call for me at the time. But also that made me more discerning on free giveaways and things like that because well, it just it costs money to mail a book, you know, and mm -hmm. it costs money for a book. And uh, and it was very kind, and and I still support the you know the author on social and that sort of thing. But as far as like, you know, reviewing that particular book, I just felt I didn't feel comfortable with doing that. So that's a little story there. And I, I am really discerning in that way. Yeah. So, and this was a long time ago. So you won't be able to find that stuff on my social media. So you just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can't find out what the book is. <laughs> so, so don't be messy. But... <laughs> That's great. But anyway, small story there. 
But in our book, Finders Keepers, we go into great detail about how to safeguard yourself and to find the right critique partner for you. And we believe that that's one of the most important relationships that you can have. So if um, so, it shouldn't really be entered into lightly, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we've given you the five questions to help you discover your creative tribe, where can you look for, where can you look for people, right? So that's where we, that's what we all want to know. And so and this answer is, is kind of, it's like, honestly, it's everywhere. People are everywhere. <laughs> so, but practically though, let's list a couple of places that you can start. Okay. So one of the first places is people from your, from your past. So Joy and I were college roommates. We reconnected nearly a decade later after our graduation at the exact same time that we were both like catapulting ourselves into our new creative journeys. Hmm. Um, so your past is a great place to look. Secondly, um, people in your circles. So you may have creatives in your church or at your gym or in your monthly neighborhood group or walking around in your neighborhood. People walk in my neighborhood all the time and I never, you know, I never ask them about their creative endeavors. endeavors. Um, so you might find that people that you already are acquainted with or friends with might have a secret creative life that you don't know about. <laughs> so sometimes it's just great to share yours, be a little tiny bit vulnerable, share yours and see if they have one too. You can also look for online groups. So Facebook and Discord are packed with group options there. Um, writer Moms Inc. on Facebook is where Joy and I have made amazing connections with fellow writer moms. And I will share that link in the show notes too. One of them now has two books uh, traditionally published out in the world. So hey, Sharon. <laughs> it's good hey. to see you. I know. And I saw she got oh, the bestseller, the bestseller thing. That's awesome. Yes. She's like totally killing it. I love it. And I read, uh, I haven't read the second one, but I read the first one. I bought the second one, mm -hmm. but I haven't, uh, I haven't read it yet. It's on my to do. <laughs> um, but the first one was so good and so well-written and it's a clean, clean romance. So that's Sharon Peterson. And uh, the, her newest book is The Fake Out. So we'll link that too. Definitely. Just because you should know. <laughs> you should. Tell her we sent you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so be sure that you, know, that you know what you're looking for, though, um, what you're able to offer, and when you're willing to offer it before you dive headlong into any of these, really. Um, so, and test the waters a bit. So just don't, don't just share everything all at once because that's, uh, that's a, a place where you could kind of maybe open up a little bit too, too much and then get hurt in the process. So we want to try to protect you in any way that we can. Um, another place that you could look for your people are in, um, it's professional organizations. So if the thought of a free-for-all worries you online, uh, which it does me a little bit sometimes too, <laughs> uh, you may feel more comfortable reaching out in our professional membership groups like the Alliance of Independent Authors. It's also called Ally, A-L-L-I, if you have heard of that before. Um, or you could try the Independent Book Publishers Association. So that's the I-B-P-A. We'll share links to both of those in the show notes as well. Joy has an affiliate link with Allies. So if you use it and decide to join, she'll get a little commission at no cost to you. 
Um, if you happen to have been a part of any professional organizations while you were in higher education or in any kind of educational realm, uh, you might want to check in your alumni association or any of those um, honors societies or professional organizations too, because we are sure that there are creatives hanging out in those shadows over there somewhere too. <laughs> Yeah, so we have given you guys a lot of information already in this episode. You might be feeling overwhelmed or you may be sweating because you remember that we've got another tier to cover and you're right about the yep. third tier, but <laughs> you can stop sweating. Well, unless you live in the South, in which case you're going to keep sweating. But anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> 8,000 degrees here. It's it really ridiculous. Is. I know. We're driving down the road yesterday from doctor's appointments, and it's 105. I was like, no, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay with this. Anyway. No, no we're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so at least figuratively, you can stop sweating here. <laughs> mm. So identifying your creative audience is such a huge topic we're actually saving it for the next episode. Now, let's see if we can dispel some of your overwhelm and bring all the questions from this episode together for you in our QWERTY challenge. <laughs> so like last episode, this challenge likely isn't one that you're going to complete in a week or two, but we're going to put all the questions together for you in the show notes so you can return to them as you go. We'll remind you of them again now as well in case you're taking notes and jotting things down as you listen. So first up, as you seek to answer where is your creative place in the world, we challenged you to decide who you are and what you want as a creative. So answer these six questions. Number one, what are your fundamental standards? What is your code of conduct or the set of standards that guide what and how you create? Number two, why do you have to create? Number three, what do you want to create? Number four, what are your goals for what you create? Number five, what do you want to make people feel? And number six, envision yourself as a successful artist. Who's around you? Where are you? How are you holding that success? Are you headlining conferences as a keynote speaker or touring bookstores or libraries across the country or traveling while you create? Next, look outside yourself to who you want beside you on your creative journey, your creative tribe. That's what we're talking about here. These five questions can help you in that area. Question one, who do you want to support? Question two, what do you want to promote? And question three, what support would you like? Question four, how can you help your fellow creatives and how are you willing to do this? Question five, what safeguards can you put into place to make sure that you engage wisely in ways that are best for you and for them? So we believe that as you work through these questions and begin to find your place in the creative world, and as you frequently calibrate your creative purpose, your audience will come into focus. And we look forward to sharing more about that in the next episode. So have a great week. And go make something. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So... 
please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.